May our thoughts, words, and actions be holy and acceptable in your sight, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our Gospel lesson this morning and our reading from Romans are all about living in community. They're about how to be the body of Christ here on earth. Jesus' words in the Gospel of Matthew are instructions on what to do when one member sins against one another, when one member hurts another. Somehow I find comfort in this in the fact that there has always been some strife and discord throughout the history of the church. It's not something new, but something that has always been with us. This particular passage from Matthew is a passage that carries with it a fraught history. The idea of excommunication is based on this passage. Other church communities have used this passage to justify kicking out people for various reasons. And really, so much of this comes down to a question of power. Power. Who has the power? Who has the power to decide what a sin is? Who has the power to decide who gets kicked out? Who has the power to initiate this sort of process? To explain better exactly what I'm talking about, perhaps one of the great examples of this abuse of power was in the 11th century. In 1054, the Bishop of Rome sent some emissaries over to talk with the Patriarch of Constantinople. And those emissaries were not happy, and they excommunicated the Patriarch of Constantinople, who in turn excommunicated them. And this action sort of solidified the break between the Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. And it was about power. It was a fight over who had power and who didn't. This particular passage has also been used to remove people from church communities for committing whatever the sin of the day was. Pregnancies outside of marriage, for being a member of the LGBTQ community. If somebody used birth control, or the way people chose to worship God, or how people understand God and humanity's relationship with God, and on and on and on. This is a text that has been used to ostracize people, to alienate people, to throw people out. It's also a passage that we may not be comfortable with. It's a passage that's in tension with Jesus's other's teachings. For example, earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says, Do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? 
you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will clearly, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. I think it would be a safe bet to say that this is a passage that we're more comfortable with. At least for myself, I like this passage a whole lot more than what we read this morning, this idea of not judging, of accepting people where they are. But we can't just dismiss Jesus's words. We can't just push them to the side. So our gospel this morning carries with it a history of abuse and is in tension with many of Jesus's other teachings. And it leaves me asking, what does it mean for us today? What does it mean for us as Trinity Church gathered together on this Sunday morning? I believe that one part of its meaning is a very practical process of how to address wrongs within the church. Jesus starts by encouraging us to go directly to the person who has wounded us and to do this individually by ourselves. And I think this is great advice. It's a good place to start. If somebody has hurt to you, go and talk to them. Now, this isn't always possible in every single situation because sometimes it's not safe to do. Sometimes there have been hurts that are too grievous. Sometimes there is abuse. Sometimes there are wrongs that are just so heinous that it's not safe to go one-on-one. But I think the basic pattern still holds. The, The pattern is to begin as small as possible and start to address the concern there. I think part of this admonition is also Don't go around complaining, don't go around gossiping, don't go around spreading this around, but go to the person, talk to them. And as the scope becomes wider, more people become involved to the point that the whole community is present. And I think this is sound advice. If you're hurt by somebody, go to that person. We also have to remember that this isn't just some random person Jesus is speaking about here. Our translation words this as member of the church, but the Greek word is the word for brother. It's the word for sibling. It connotates that there's already an existing intimate relationship. This is somebody that we care about. This is somebody that we want to be in relationship with. This is somebody for whom we have affection. And this gets to the other part of what meaning we can find in today's reading. In that it reveals our nature as the body of Christ. This one body with many members. And we we think about what we do within that body. Our actions within this community have ethical consequences that extend beyond ourselves. 
Too often in, in our culture of fierce individualism, we think that our actions only benefit or harm the self. Frequently, when we're trying to figure out what to do, we consider what would be best for the self or what would be worst for the self. What would be good for me? What would hurt me? And we don't take into consideration the larger community. And by doing this, we can harm those around us. And I think Jesus is trying to draw our attention to the communal aspect of being the body of Christ. And this is why this process Jesus outlines is about community. And it's not arbitrary. Rather, it's because when there is a wound between two members of the body, the whole body is impaired. The whole body hurts. That's the ultimate purpose of this process. Not to punish people. Not to ostracize, not to throw out, but to bring healing and reconciliation and understanding. It's not meant to create more hurt and more wounds, but to heal, to bring us into wholeness and joy. It's not punitive. It's restorative. Paul picks up this theme and sort of expands on it and says that it's all about love. It's about living in love with one another. And if we do that, if we just do that, everything else will follow. He writes to the church in Rome, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. By love, by acting through love, love we fulfill the law. All the rules and regulations that the past has brought us, that theologians and priests and teachers and others have come up with, are encapsulated in that one action, love. If we act in love, if we consider what we do through the eyes of love, if we ourselves become love as God is love, then our actions will be right and just. It's not about following some list of prescribed actions, of checking off a bunch of boxes saying, I did this, I did this, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do this. It's about loving each other. It's about existing within the medium of love. How often do we put love first? How often do we live and move and have our being in love? How often is love the source of all of our actions? How often is all that we do grounded in love for each other and love for God? What if we lived like that with each other? What would our church look like? What would it feel like if you came into our church or entered into the community virtually and the first thing you felt was love? 
what would people say about us? Would they say, oh, Trinity, that's that group of people that love each other. When you go into the building, you can feel this pulsing, beating love. What kind of people would we be if we took that love into the everydayness of our lives? What if we acted out of love with every single person that we came across? What would it mean for a world which is in such desperate need of love? For a society that is crying out for love? I think it would be transformative. I think that is what the kingdom looks like that Jesus teaches us about. A place of love. So I think the good news of this morning of these two lessons is sort of a, a call to remembrance. A call to remember who we are. Remember that we are one body. That we belong to one another. That we are siblings that we are in an intimate relationship to, with each other, and that what we do affects each other, that the choices I make affect you, and that the things that you do affects me. And finally, a remembrance to act in love. A remembrance to align ourselves with the source of all love. To be above all love. Amen.